Hello everybody, this is Tim Andrews and Sarah Cattell and we're delighted to present you with our very first podcast. Morning Tim. Morning Sarah, how are you? I'm alright, how are you doing? All good, thank you very much. I'm working on a number of projects, government projects related to building a hospitality academy and also working in the recruitment and consultancy industry. A little bit about me. I'm a chef who has been working in uh, restaurant management for the last sort of eight, nine months. Got out of the kitchen for a bit. I've got various specialties. One of them is uh, gluten-free food and food for people with food allergies, which has been weird when no one's been eating out. So yeah, that's kind of where I am right now. I'm furloughed, which uh, is a word no one had heard of at the start of this year. Um, And I'm constantly hearing people asking me if I've been furlonged, which is great fun. (laughs) Um, <laughs> like I'm some kind of racehorse. Why the long face, Sarah? <laughs> but I'm just, I'm going to talk to you today about hospitality. What's going on in hospitality? We've got a lot to talk about, haven't we? We have. Yeah, and I haven't seen you in, I'm going to say three months. Three months. It's been a, quite a while, hasn't it? I think the last time I saw you, we were still allowed to go out and um, go to establishments that served us food and drink. I, th- I certainly remember the second bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you remember that? Going out, wasn't that lovely? 2020. What happened? What happened? Just the phrase, the rug pulled from under our feet, doesn't even get close, does it? No, not at all. Did um, lockdown affect you? So, literally, we were open for business one week, and we were not two weeks later. The week in between, because we didn't have any customers, no one was going out. Uh, we serve mainly people who work in office complexes and things. So no one was going to work. Everyone was working from home. We switched the business in 24 hours to being um, an online ordering service for food that you could reheat at home, which I'm actually quite proud of my team for doing that because we literally had a phone call and said, this is what we've got to do if we're going to stay open. And at the time, we didn't know that we would be completely closed and that it wouldn't be worth it, but we had to give it a try. So yeah so one day we were a fully functioning restaurant with its doors closed the next day we were a fully functioning restaurant which was doing uh, food that people could pick up or we were doing deliveries ourselves a lot of them were on foot we had one person in the car um and we were selling out online um we did fairly small numbers but we were amazed at how quickly um, our customers responded um and said yeah we do love your food and we will have it at home um so we sold out we did sort of two weeks of that um and realized that none of us really lived near the restaurant and coming to work wasn't really safe anymore we all took the tube none of us were particularly local it's for me it would have been you know an an hour hour and 25 minutes walk yeah which wasn't really up for um and i didn't have a bike so it's not like i could cycle um people who were cycling were telling me ah the cyclists are too close to each other you stop at a junction everyone's breathing on each other and we're all a bit scared to, to breathe near anyone really yeah um, so we decided at that point to close and the restaurant owner said, don't worry, um, we can use the furlough scheme and we will, we will just close until further notice. And then that was it. I was, I was on lockdown and it was, it was very, um, I think for the first four weeks, I sort of compared it to like almost a grieving process actually, because when you work in hospitality, you're working with people every day and yeah. your very reason for going into work is to interact. Um, and when you get that taken away from you, you know, Netflix can't replace that. It's very odd, very odd. 
it's it is very very strange it is it is a difficult um situation i think we go into hospitality because we're essentially people people yeah and um i have found that over particularly over the last three months a lot a lot of um hospitality professionals have really really struggled with being unable to to meet people to to go out and you know and also part of the, part of it is serving and creating and seeing you know and making people leave after good customer service or great food and that's part of the joy that people have in their in their role and they're not able to provide it and you can't do that digitally either you know even though no. we've all got you know most people have zoom or house party um you know if i meet other people with drinks or they come around you know there's food on the table yeah. and, and share stuff and when that's taken away it's so it's just so i want to say blank but it's it's just one-sided you know it's yeah. there's nothing it's like someone took the 3d out of my life it's very weird it is it's it was, it's a bit like the colors gone and the yeah. um i think the other thing is with the furloughing it was very hard for people as well because i think by in hospitality by its very nature you're very busy if you are constantly busy you know yeah. you're always doing something there's always something to do and being furloughed lift from being very busy to not being busy was hard for a lot of people to adjust and then there's the fear factor of will there be a business to come back to there is that yeah and i think as well you know with people worrying about their jobs even though i suppose some people got mortgage holidays, um, the rent holiday, which doesn't help anyone because you still owe the money. I think what we have seen, though, is I have seen quite a few, you know, inspiring stories. You've got a story, actually, that's quite inspiring of hospitality people and how they've responded to the situation. So, for example, absolutely, you know, and I think that for me has been uh, very joyful and it, it illustrates just how creative the hospitality industry is and and the, the drive that a lot of people within it have um a prime example was uh there was charity st mungo's charity, oh, yeah. homeless charity and they had to provide food for something like three thousand people within hotels and then three thousand homes separately now they are a charity they are not a food production company yeah and suddenly they had to go to all these 15 GLA funded hotels and make sure there's hot food provided for homeless people within those hotels. Yeah. Because obviously the hotels didn't have their own catering team. They were all furloughed. And of course there aren't cooking facilities within a vast majority of, of hotel rooms. That's right. There, there so, won't be. There, there'll be um, a minibar if that maybe a kettle if you're lucky yeah exactly so they worked so they put to tender this um this issue and some of the larger companies i won't name any but you you would know them didn't get the contract but who did was a stage a tv location catering company right yes I and have. yeah and they were geared for working at different locations all the time yeah so they won the contract with St Mungo's to deliver this food and they have been doing it successfully 
ever since. They've done such a great job. And you hear these things and you hear, um, I think it's Islington Borough Council who have used an ice rink in order to keep food fresh. I love that story. That was one of yeah. my favourite stories. I mean, I think the thing that you've said about hospitality bouncing back and being adaptable is that one thing that people don't realise is that skilled people in hospitality probably haven't just done that one job. We've all worked, you know, probably since we were young across all areas of hospitality and have the biggest pool of transferable skills, I think, in any industry. And that's never really been acknowledged until now, until yeah. we had to step up and be the backbone to get people fed. And it wasn't just people like you and me who work in uh, restaurants or um, in any of the service sectors. It's also the people behind the scenes who work in distribution. I would, you know, I do count people who work um, in supermarkets as my, my colleagues in hospitality. No one thinks of that as hospitality, but, you know, you have to go up to a customer service counter and exchange food. So that's, you know, that is hospitality. Any of those kind of people skills are. People who work in airlines, for instance, I heard so many furloughed cabin crew were easily transferable into supermarket work, yeah. in frontline food, because they are frontline anyway. Yeah. And they can just do it. And I think the skills pool that we've got has never been appreciated as it is now. And I'm really grateful for that. That's one of the good things that's come out of this. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's a huge number of people that join some of the frontline services, whether it was reserve police officers or to help out on the front line when they were doing tests. And so, you know, I think we need to recognise this. There's this. It, you're right. The, we sh the people within hospitality, some I think previously and still are maybe underestimated, but as a ho somebody who whose whole career is essentially from hospitality, I'm so grateful to all the people that have stepped up and shown, you know, shown willing really, um, and gone into uh, gone into other areas and contributed. Certainly hundreds of thousands of people from our industry have done that. Um, and I have had, you know, I, I've not really spoken a lot about what I've been doing during lockdown because, you know, being a typical hospitality person, I just get on with it. I just get stuff done. You know, we, we, we don't ask for thanks for it. That's not why we do it. But I, I've been sort of quite humbled by the amount of people who've um, come to me when they found out what I've been doing and said, thank you. And I've been very taken aback by it because I don't see it as something that needs thanks. It was just people needed food. So, so we got it to them. You know, it was, it, it, it didn't cross my mind that I should even think twice about just doing it. So, and so I know want, that's the only one. Do you want to expand on what it is you've been doing just for the listeners? Uh, yeah, I should probably stop being cryptic and actually explain what I'm talking about. So <laughs> at the start of, uh, of lockdown, um, a friend of mine who's, who's local to me in southwest London runs a charity that's always used surplus food to do community meals. And I volunteered with her um, quite a bit and with Food Cycle back in the day when we had a food cycle here. Um, so they used to run a community meal out of a church on a Friday afternoon. People could just rock down, get a free three-course meal, sit on shared tables with their community. And it brought together people who needed to come and eat, uh, people who might have been socially isolated anyway before this happened and didn't really get much social interaction. And it was, it was a great thing. And people volunteered their time to cook and to serve and to sit together and just chat. And it was really lovely. Um, great bit of uh, community cohesion. So when lockdown happened and all the churches had to shut, the community mm. meal wasn't an option anymore 
And so what happened was that it went to a delivery service. A lot of the people who used the service were um, vulnerable and um, needed to be reached out to get food to them. Um, they opened up their books to, for self-referral for people who couldn't get food, couldn't go out to get food and needed a delivery. And that delivery would include a box of um, fresh produce, which was all surplus and donated. And there would be a hot meal in there for everyone in the household who needed one as well. And we did the hot meals. Amazing. Yeah. So we started off at a church, um, the, the usual church where the meal was. It's quite small. It's got a very small kitchen, just me uh, and our furloughed head chef. Um, and we started off doing 25 meals a week. And by week three, the requests have gone up to 150 a week. Wow. Um, we couldn't produce enough meals in that kitchen. So I put out an email to pretty much every shut restaurant and pub that had a kitchen where I live knowing full well that I'd get responses and a pub local to me called the Rose and Crown in Tooting Beck right on the common emailed straight away from their head office of their chain of pubs and said we want to help and within a week we were in the pub which you know no one's been to a pub for a while but I have (laughs) (laughs) albeit a very different experience um they gave us our kitchen they said all we've got is pizza ovens we've got refrigeration we've got storage for you it was all we needed and we collected food every week that was surplus we took it to the kitchen we banged out 100 meals at a time twice a week um and then the pub landlord who was amazing got in his car delivered them back to the delivery point a team of volunteers all came together got in their own cars took them out on these lists of with big maps of where people were going it was it was a really amazing. good operation yeah it, it it really worked and we even even now when we've had to leave the pub kitchen uh, just at the end of last week um because obviously they're reopening and they're actually redecorating before they reopen um we've been offered another kitchen immediately i've just chance meeting with someone else in hospitality during all of this who donated some food said i've got a kitchen for you when you need it ring me i called him last week we're in there this week people are really really stepping up and it's it's quite amazing so we're on i think we're probably up to about 1500 meals now this week that we've provided it's just that is just fantastic isn't it yeah and it's been good for me really good yeah. for me it's it's shown a lot of people um even within the industry it's made us all think more about sustainability you know we've we've managed to do this and keep our suppliers open so our suppliers who aren't geared up to do um domestic delivery have gone to domestic delivery surplus that they've had which may or may not have gone to landfill is being used to feed people the cycle of food is actually working you know it is becoming more circular we are becoming a little bit more sustainable within our own country rather than relying on imports and exports and waste and it's it's really opened everyone's eyes to that i think i mean i think sustainability is a good is a good thing and it is going to be one of the future things that people are going to be looking at when they visit a restaurant absolutely which leads us quite nicely i think as to what might happen in the future and that will be the topic of next week's episode we'd like to thank the listeners for joining us today and hope you'll join us again next week sarah wonderful speaking to you and to you i look forward to speaking to you this time next week yay have a good one bye bye your challenge if you choose to accept it is this let's go let's go show up on day one work out with us for 30 minutes feel good right away yo repeat five days a week for three weeks three weeks 
five workouts a week. We're a body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block, and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest. Go on vacation. Or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You win? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Are you ready to get started?